live from the Poly Market Studio in LA. It's the Young Turks. Woo! It's up! Turks, Cenk Uger, Anna Kasparian with you guys. Usual uh, things for you guys, serious news, lighter news. Uh, a billionaire later in the program is trying to figure out, chart his erections. Uh, is there a good reason? We'll find out, stick around and find out. Uh, okay, uh, but we're gonna start with uh, the serious news of course first. Anna's got that. All right, well, um, let's start with this. Big news for the country as well. I mean, this is what everyone's been hoping for, that more hostages would get released than these freed in this lightning covert military operation. They're here in the hospital. I've talked with a couple of their relatives. Um, they describe them in good spirit, so they're a little bit dazed and confused. Two elderly Israeli hostages were rescued during a special operation carried out by the IDF in Gaza's southern city of Rafah. I was under the impression that the IDF was not capable of doing special operations, but apparently they are. Now, of course, dozens of innocent Palestinians died in the process of the special operation, but let me give you the details. The two hostages, Fernando Simone Merman, 60, and Louis Har, 70, both dual Israeli Argentine citizens, were abducted from kibbutz near Yizak on October 7th, they were taken captive with three female relatives who were actually released earlier during the week-long ceasefire in late November. Now, luckily they were rescued, unfortunately though, at least, and this is the lower estimate based on the reports that I've read, but at least 67 Palestinians, including women and children, were killed in the operation according to the Gaza Health Ministry. Two Israeli soldiers were also allegedly killed in the fighting, and that's according to the IDF. The operation came hours after Netanyahu spoke on the phone with President Biden, who warned that an Israeli ground incursion into the southern Gaza into southern Gaza without appropriate accommodations for the civilian population would be seen as an unacceptable as an unacceptable measure by the United States, according to a senior administration official who briefed reporters. Biden also issued. Um, his strongest public condemnation of Israel's military operations in the Gaza Strip. This happened during his speech last week. Let's take a listen. I'm of the view, as you know, that the conduct of the response in Gaza, in the Gaza Strip has been um, over the top. I've been pushing really hard, really hard to get humanitarian assistance into Gaza. There are a lot of innocent people who are starving, a lot of innocent people who are in trouble and dying, and it's gotta stop. 
So there you have President Biden saying he's been pushing really hard. We haven't really seen that pushing through any sticks being implemented. Lots of carrots, lots of you know compliments in regard to what Israel must do to protect itself and protect its citizens. But in terms of you know some of the rhetorical pushback we've seen from Biden and the Biden administration, it clearly hasn't had much of an impact because actions speak louder than words. And the Biden administration continues to continue providing military aid and those. 2,000 pound bombs for the IDF to drop on Palestinians in the Gaza Strip. And even the Washington Post, get a load of their wording here, notes the obvious. In recent weeks, Netanyahu has publicly humiliated Biden despite hundreds of millions of dollars of weapons transfers and unwavering support, even as global condemnation mounts. Netanyahu has become increasingly defiant about his or the prospect of a two state solution, which Biden has said must follow the end of the war. But why would anyone take anything that Biden says seriously when he doesn't actually put any actions behind those words? Netanyahu, um, by the way, has also rejected a deal that would see the release of some of Israeli hostages in exchange for a long term pause in the fighting. You know, he turns that down. Secretary Antony Blinken shows up to the Middle East and tries to get him to accept the deal. He wasn't into it. And while speaking on this week over the weekend, Netanyahu struck an even more defiant tone in response to Biden's demands. What's your response to President Biden saying the response in Gaza has been over the top? Well, I appreciate President Biden's support for Israel since the beginning of the war. I don't know exactly what he meant by that, but put yourself in Israel's shoes. We were attacked, unprovoked attack, murderous attack on October 7th, the worst attack on Jewish people since the Holocaust. And let me tell you, I think we've responded in a way that goes after the terrorists and tries to minimize the civilian population in which the terrorists embed themselves and use them as human shields. Later in the interview, Netanyahu also lied about the civilian to Hamas militant death toll, the ratio, which we'll get to in just a moment. But Cenk, as you know, Rafah is the area of the Gaza Strip, a small area of the Gaza Strip about the size of LAX, where all these Palestinians, 1.5 million Palestinians were told to evacuate to. The population in that area grew fivefold during this war. That was where they're supposed to go for safety. And now, oh wow, what a surprise. The IDF has launched its military offensive in Rafah, where all these innocent civilians are sheltering for safety. We all know how this is gonna end. We all know what's happening. Of course, we're gonna be lied to over and over again about the reality of the situation on the ground. But they wanna murder the Palestinians. They're murdering the Palestinians. We're pretending as if the United States values international law. We don't. Our government doesn't, this will continue, more innocent people will die, and we're gonna pretend as though this is justice. As though the poor innocent civilians in Gaza deserve what's happening to them because of what Hamas carried out on October 7th. This is what, it's gonna keep happening. So let's stop pretending like anything's gonna change on the ground. Okay, so uh, two different things here on the, uh, one is the uh, the hostage rescue, which I wanna get back to, which I, I think is mixed. Uh, in terms of the results, but first let me start with Netanyahu. Look, when even the Washington Post says that Netanyahu has been publicly humiliating Biden, then it's crystal clear. Like the whole world knows, Washington knows, everybody knows Netanyahu's the boss, and every once in a while he'll bring out Biden by the ear and publicly shame him 
say, this is the guy I don't listen to at all. This is the guy who's impotent and weak and useless. Now, even the Washington Post is admitting it. So then what does Netanyahu do? He goes on TV and he says, what? I don't know what the hell this idiot Biden's talking about. Oh, he's been a little bit helpful, but what does he mean over the top? It's all Hamas's fault, they're hiding behind the human shields and the usual nonsense talking points. We're trying to minimize civilian casualties, 0% true, not at all true, 27,000 dead, 93% of the citizens displaced in ethnic cleansing, mass starvation has begun, and you know they barely get challenged. There's only one thing that Biden can do that makes a difference. So him saying it's over the top, Wow, like in Washington, as the slightest little critique of Israel is considered shocking. Why, why is it shocking? Why can't we critique any of our allies, Canada, Turkey, Saudi Arabia, Israel? Why is it shocking to do the smallest little critique in the middle of giant massacres that our allies create? Look, they tell you who's in charge by what they say. They think that it's a shocking thing for us, who's giving them four billion a year, fourteen billion mass, for us to slightly criticize them. Why? So the only thing that matters is money. So until Biden stops the money, he's totally full of crap, and all he's doing is saying, "Hey, Arab and Muslim Americans, come on, would you get off my ass already? I always give Israel everything they want. Here, this is me pretending I care about your lives. Of course I don't. I let them murder you 24/7, and I'm not going to stop a single dollar. But I'm such a good guy. Hey, everybody, write what a sweet guy I am. You know, a lot of Arabs I talk to in Michigan, they say, you know why we don't believe any of that, and we don't think Biden is so sweet as mainstream media calls him, because he murdered our relatives. Yeah, Am no. I supposed to think he's sweet? Yeah, there's nothing sweet about that. Well, you know, reporters are actually getting a little more I guess courageous in their questions and follow up questions during these State Department briefings. And so just today, State Department spokesperson Matthew Miller held a press conference in which some of the reporters asked questions about the military aid that the United States is approving and supplying to Israel. And the question of conditional aid came up and I just love the way this all played out because it shows the insane weakness of America on the international stage as Israel slaps us around and continues to demand more military aid with no strings attached. Let's watch the first part of this exchange. You're still ruling out cutting of any aid. I am not ruling anything out. I'm saying we have not made the assessment that is a decision or that is that is a step that would be more impactful than the steps that we have already taken. And at the same time, you have to look at the fact that such a step uh, how such a step would be received by Israel's opponents, uh, both inside Gaza and outside of uh, the state of Israel. So what levers have you used? Uh, so we have used diplomatic effort, uh, levers. The secretary that has- means that, that, that means the secretary and the, the president and you and Kirby and whoever else standing we, up and saying, wagging your finger and saying that that's not really leverage. Uh, we have engaged with them on a um, uh, at a multitude of levels at this uh, administration, and and 
as I the, kind of you look at the list that we just went through with Humera, we have seen them take steps at our urging that have had real yeah, have had real urging. tangible impact, what, what but letters. but they have not been enough. Okay, so there you have Matthew Miller. I mean, he can barely even keep a straight face as he's making these ridiculous claims. But he claims, no, no, you don't get it. You don't get it. Like, we're definitely, we have engaged with Israel with a multitude of levels. <laughs> oh, really? Okay, great. So I give the reporters in this brief a lot of credit because they kept pushing, they kept pushing. Okay, well, what do you mean? What do you mean? What is the pressure that you guys are implementing? Can you elaborate on that a little bit? So let's hear what Miller has to say when he does elaborate on it. But what levers have you actually? Uh, I think the that when the United States of America stands up and says something publicly, it matters. Yeah, but, but but you haven't and, and but, we and but, we and but you haven't said and, no and we but that there would be point, any consequences to or, my to my point, we have seen money or military assistance, we, right? But but we have seen because of the uh, policies we have pursued, we have seen improvements along these specific areas. Um, oh, okay, we have seen fine. tangible improvements. Again, okay, but not I'm the just level asking that, you what, but what I, leverage have but you also, used? What leverage have you brought to bear? I just went through it. What have you gone? I think the words of the President of the United States, the words of the Secretary of State matter. And we've seen, hold on, over the top. And we have seen, and we have seen the government of Israel respond to it, not always in the way that we want, not always to the degree that we want or to the level that we want, but our interventions, we believe, have had an impact. How do you like being embarrassed on an international stage by a foreign country, Americans? Because that's what's happening right now. That was so unbelievably embarrassing. Yeah, great job by the reporter there. Um, so you're just saying you told them words, right? I mean, you said diplomacy, but what diplomacy? Multitude of levels. When the state secretary of state says something, it means so words, words. And he got a clarification. Yes, it's just words. Words are useless. Here's words that would matter. You do X and I will cut all of your funding. Those are words that would matter. Oh, You have been a little over the top, a word, <laughs> words that don't matter. These are obvious, come on. They're so obvious even the reporters understand them now. So great job there. And then uh, I want you to remember the underlying point that the guy that the US spokesperson is making there. Matthew Miller. Yeah, which is, He's saying, now remember, if we hadn't chastised our allies, they would have murdered more civilians. And that's a great defense of our allies and us. So if we hadn't said those strong words, maybe there'd be 50,000 innocent dead people because our ally is so wonderful, but we got them a little bit under control. They don't sound wonderful to me, and they don't sound like they're listening to you at all. Okay, back to the hostages that they rescued. Hey, listen, at least. They had a point in this mission, as opposed to every other bombing you saw that led to zero hostages being released. So you see what an actual mission to rescue hostages look like. And it is super obvious that it is the exception to the rule. The rule is kill indiscriminately and don't get any hostages. The one time they had a point in bombing and going on the ground, hey, they got hostages. At least that's something, it had a point. Now, they killed 67 civilians to do it. Would I have done that? No. Um, if you said to me, you can get two innocent people there, but you have to murder 67 innocent people there, 
I can do the math on that and I wouldn't do that, but I value those 67 lives. Israel doesn't value those lives at all. They view them as, well, even better if they're dead because that'll intimidate the Palestinians into being ruled forever. And that's what they've shown through their actions. But I know that a lot of governments would kill 67 innocent people to get two hostages. By the way, we're talking about innocence. You kill Hamas who's guarding the hostages, no, that's how war works. You know how Israeli advocates will always say, hey, that's war. No, war is you go after the soldiers rescue hostages. Hamas doesn't get to complain about their dead soldiers when they kidnapped those people and held them as hostages. You kill the 67 innocent people, that's not war, that's a war crime. Now, I do want to just give you an update on the number of casualties. The Gaza Health Ministry has reported, or Palestinian Health Ministry, I should note, has reported that over 28,000 people have been reported killed. One in every 100 people in Gaza was killed in the first 100 days of the war, a rate higher than any other armed conflict in the 21st century, according to a UN commission. The ongoing war stands out as unprecedented in the scale of death, destruction and suffering with repercussions that will echo for generations to come, said UN Economic and Social Commission for Western Asia. Meanwhile, here in America, the press and the politicians constantly say, they're doing everything they can to protect civilian lives. The reality is they're doing the least to protect civilian lives of any conflict in this century. Meanwhile, keep those numbers in mind as Netanyahu lies to all of us on American national television where Israeli officials and their lies get taken at face value. But anything coming from the Palestinian health ministry should be questioned because it's controlled by Hamas. Let's watch. And I can tell you that according to these urban warfare experts and other commentators, we've brought down the civilian to terrorist casualties, the ratio down below one to one, which is considerably less than in any other theater of similar warfare. And we're going to do more. We're going to wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're, you're saying it's only been one civilian that's been killed for one Hamas terrorist in Gaza? Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. Yes, we've killed. Uh, uh, We've killed and wounded over 20,000 Hamas terrorists out of that about 12,000 12, fighters. And we're doing everything we can to minimize civilian casualties and continue to do so. But one thing we're not going to do is we're not going to let Hamas emerge victorious. It's interesting because you hear different stories depending on which IDF spokesperson you hear from. There have been IDF officials who on television have claimed that out of the 28,000 dead Palestinians, 8,000 of them are Hamas militants. Others have had lower numbers. But it's amazing because all of a sudden, miraculously and suddenly, the ratio is one to one, according to Benjamin Netanyahu, who you would be a moron to trust and take at face value. Well, even in that clip, did you hear the hilarious thing he said? Yes, I'm saying one to one ratio. We killed 20,000 Hamas terrorists, and 12,000 of them were fighters. What were the other 8,000? <laughs> he doesn't even have his own numbers straight. You just saw it with your own eyes. What are you talking about? No one believes a 12,000 number. That's totally fictitious from IDF. They've never proven it. They've never come close to proving it. Every human rights group, every United Nations organization confirms that the Ministry of Health numbers are correct. None of this stuff is anywhere near true. But even if you were such a sucker that you believe this kind of over the top Israeli propaganda by one of the most evil men of our lifetimes, even he didn't get it straight. 
So is it 20,000 or is it 12,000? Yeah, you should never believe anything Netanyahu says. Almost everything coming out of Israel is propaganda and total junk. So this is the situation we're in. The American government is impotent under Biden, and we will let Israel kill as many people as they like. The Palestinians are at their mercy, Americans are at their mercy, the whole world is at their mercy. And unfortunately, with Netanyahu in charge, they're all out of mercy. So more deaths, destruction, and the worst war crimes we've seen in the 21st century headed in everyone's direction. Because we have no leadership, we have no strength at all. And then the monster running Israel in this particular time period is the one that's completely in charge. So death will be unabated going forward. Well, one of the victims of Israel's brutality was a six-year-old girl by the name of Hind Rajab. When we come back from the break, I'll tell you about the horrific way in which she died at the hands of the IDF. TYT, Jenk, Anna, and Diego Shometz. Thank you for joining up. We appreciate you. They hit the join button below. Anna. Well, the uh, horrific nature of Israel's assault on Gaza continues, uh, and this story is difficult to stomach. So I just want to give you a warning. It involves the uh, death of a six year old girl. But with that warning in mind, let's get to the details. The only one left was the little girl, Hind. She said, please, I'm little, I'm injured, I peed myself. Hind stayed on the phone with the Red Crescent for hours. What time is it? She said, it's getting dark. I'm afraid of the dark. The area was too dangerous, hard to reach. They had to keep Hind on the phone as they scrambled to try and get a team to her. Six-year-old Hind Rajab, a Palestinian girl who was trapped in a car with her dead relatives following IDF shelling, has been found dead. Now, the two paramedics who attempted to save her were also killed as they were attempting to save her. Hind was fleeing Gaza in a car with her aunt, uncle, and three cousins when they were attacked by Israeli gunfire. According to BBC News, audio recordings of calls between Hind and emergency call operators suggest that the six-year-old was the only one left alive in the car, hiding from Israeli forces among the bodies of her relatives. Her pleas for someone to come and rescue her ended when the phone line was cut and you could hear gunfire in the background. So this next video is difficult to watch. I wanted to give you that warning. Let's take a look. A desperate call for help from six-year-old Hind, terrified, trapped in a car. Everyone around her is dead. Hind was in the car with her uncle, his wife, and their four children, trying to flee fighting from this part of northern Gaza. The horror in that car captured in this call for help from her cousin, recorded by the Palestine Red Crescent. Hello? 
Her mother's desperation was pretty brutal to watch as well. But this is the reality that Palestinians have been dealing with for several months now at the hands of the Israeli government and the IDF that will not spare a single civilian life. Here's a perfect example of that. No one more desperate for answers than Hin's distraught mother. If my daughter didn't die from the bullets, she's going to die from the cold, from the hunger. My daughter said, Mama, I am hungry. She said, Mama, I am thirsty, I'm cold. I call on the whole world to bring me back my daughter. I want anyone to call the army. We want our innocent little girl. Hind is too young to be going through this. She is too young. So paramedics were finally able to reach the vehicle and once they did, they saw that it was covered in bullets. And think about it, I mean, this six year old girl is trapped in a car with dead relatives and she died that way. Uh, paramedics from the Palestinian Red Crescent Society managed on Saturday to reach the area which had previously been closed off as an active combat zone. They found the black Kia car Hind had been traveling in, its windscreen and dashboard smashed to pieces, bullet holes scattered across the side. One paramedic told journalists that Hind was among the six bodies found inside the car, all of which showed signs of gunfire and shelling. A few meters away were the remains of another vehicle completely burnt out, its engine spilling onto the ground. This, the Red Crescent says, is the ambulance sent to fetch Hind. Jank. Okay, so let me be clear, the Israeli Defense Forces are terrorists. And so again, if that offends you, that's probably means you're a right wing Israeli or a right wing American and you've lost your mind and you're totally detached from reality. Did, by the way, I'm curious, did they see her before they murdered her? Or were they just murdering everyone in the car? And they're like, oh, a six year old was in the car too, so what? She's Palestinian, she doesn't care, she doesn't mind. Cenk, I'm sorry she to jump in, mind. but like, no, this isn't simply a right wing ideology, okay? There are plenty of Democrats who are totally in favor of what the IDF is doing. They will provide cover for the IDF. It doesn't matter what kind of war crimes they engage in, they will support it. Now, the majority of support does in fact come from conservatives, but there are plenty of Democrats who are supportive of this as well. Well, as usual, I'll give a caveat to that, which is, the polling indicates that there are very few Democrats who are in favor of this kind of terrorism from Israel. Voters, correct. That's right, yeah. but the politicians yes. are completely bought by defense contractors in APAC. If you are offended that they're bought or, well then I'm offended that they're bought. But if you're offended that I'm saying they're bought, you're again detached from reality. No one agrees with you. Everyone sees the millions of dollars in campaign contributions going from APAC, Democratic Majority for Israel, Raytheon, Lockheed Martin, Boeing, etc. We're not blind. So the rest of the media can lie all they want. Democratic politicians and Republican politicians are tripping over themselves as to who can help the terrorists more. And so right now they're like, they're Democrats are like, oh, please, let's give $14 billion to the terrorists. And the Republicans are like, no. Let's give $17 billion to the terrorists. You tell me if that isn't terrorism. If you think killing, murdering that six year old little girl wasn't terrorism, that what? They saw already, I mean, they did it up close. They didn't get her the first time around. She was in there for a long, long time. They see the dead people in the car, then they fire in. Even though it's an obvious family, they don't care about the families. If you've been brainwashed by American media telling you, oh, Israel's trying really hard to avoid civilian casualties, they're just the most incompetent military. And they miss almost every time they drop a bomb. Oops, Oh, they didn't know they were in the tunnels and the tunnels are unaffected by the bombing. 
They just were dropping all those bombs by accident. Oh, look, they blew up a university. They blew up a mosque on purpose with the controlled devices, etc. Oh, maybe Hamas was there at some point. Got <laughs> the idiot Americans tell the world and their voters that, oh, we did it by accident. You put improvised devices in to blow up the buildings that were empty. Why? Because you don't want any education in Gaza. You're trying to destroy Gaza. Just and you've done a great job at it. So don't tell me you're not terrorists. The Israeli Defense Forces are definite, definite terrorists. Okay, so they murdered that six-year-old girl. If that doesn't break your heart, you're a monster. If you think that they did it by accident, you're a moron. I'm not having that conversation. Total, utter moron if you think they did that by accident. Was the other 11,500 children also by accident? 36 dead Israeli kids, and we all said, "Oh my God, that's the worst thing we've ever seen." 36 breaks your heart. We showed all the kids. We sh everybody showed it all over TV, right? Now, 11,500 dead children, but they're Palestinians. So just admit it. You think that their lives don't matter. If you're an American politician or an Israeli politician, you think, "Who cares about that little girl? Murder her!" That's what Biden says. Why do you think they call him Genocide Joe? He goes and tells oh, voters, "Oh no no, I chastised Israel a tiny tiny bit." You, so I'm so moral. No, Joe Biden is a sick, disgusting, immoral person who didn't mind that that little girl died. And you think Trump's any better? No, Trump's like, oh, kill them more, kill all their family members and ban them. So these are the monsters that run the American government. So finally, how about the ambulance? Go ahead, Israeli supporters. What's your BS excuse for the ambulance? It's an ambulance. It's not like it's unclear. Oh, was it a taxi or was it an ambulance? It's super duper clear. They murdered everyone inside the ambulance because they were going to rescue that little girl. They have bombed ambulances. They have not banned, bombed. They have bombed ambulances. They have bombed humanitarian aid convoys, which we've shown you evidence of. Just a few weeks ago, we showed you video that was shot by a UK outlet on the ground in Gaza. A group of Palestinians, one Palestinian man waving a white flag, attempted to get back into a building to escort two of his family members out of the building before Israel started bombing said building. And you know what they did as he was waving a white flag and being super careful to make sure that the IDF knows that he's not a threat to them? They shot him as reporters were right there with their cameras up and ready to go. It was on camera. IDF is not killing these people. Let's be clear about our terminology. The IDF is murdering these people. When you see someone with a white flag and you kill them, that is a murder. And by the way, they murdered three of their own hostages. They rescued two the other day, they had rescued one in the beginning. So they're now at zero because they rescued three and murdered three. So if you still think the Israeli defense forces are a force for good and that they're in any way moral, you're just lying to yourself. And good news, no one else believes you. The whole world sees the monsters that Israeli Defense Forces are. Now when you see someone in an IDF uniform, I know they have conscription and I feel bad for the people who don't want to participate in that. And there are other forces inside Israel. And those forces need to get larger and stronger immediately to retake their country. Because right now the people representing you are wall to wall terrorists. I have to add what happened to those two 
paramedics who tried to save that little girl. Because apparently in a statement, the Palestinian Red Crescent accused Israel of deliberately targeting the ambulance as soon as it arrived on the scene. This was on January 29th. They say that the Israeli occupation deliberately targeted the Red Crescent crew despite obtaining prior coordination to allow the ambulance to arrive at the scene to rescue the child Hind. The Palestinian Red Crescent also told BBC that it had taken several hours to coordinate access with the Israeli army in order to send the paramedics to her to try to rescue her. We got the coordination, we got the green light. On arrival, the crew confirmed that they could could see the car where Hind was trapped and they could see her. The last thing we heard is continuous gunfire. Terrorists, obvious, 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 over the top, terrorists. So don't tell me Hamas killed 36 children and they're the world's worst terrorists. And then you kill over 11,000 and you do it when you know there's a child in the car and you go to murder the child and you murder the people trying to rescue her in the ambulance. Don't tell me you're not terrorists. At this point, you are 25 times the size of the terrorists that Hamas are. That is what Israel is as we stand. They are a democracy and they, at least within Israel, and not with, of course, the 5 million people that they imprison and oppress and occupy and 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 belittle and humiliate and murder, but inside Israel they are a democracy. So show it if you're decent. If you're decent Israel, you have to show it right now because right now the face you're putting forward to the rest of the world is of great indecency, immoral immorality, and terrorism. So that's the whole look. Whether I say it or not, the entire world now when they see the Israeli flag, they go, oh boy, watch out for those terrorists. It's not a lie. Don't be fooled by the cover that the United States media provides for Israel. Even Israel's allies on the international stage are really starting to question their support. And even Japan has seized some of their trade with Israel as a result of their conduct in the Gaza Strip. Anyway, we have more on this, including protesters continuing to block what little humanitarian aid can reach Palestinians in the Gaza Strip. We've got that and more coming up, don't miss it. Back on TYT, Jane and Anna with you guys. I want to thank Box and Meg L for gifting memberships on YouTube and Mikey3343. He gifted 20. So thank you guys. You make a giant difference and we appreciate you guys. Keep spreading the word. Anna. So I just wanted to give a quick note on a story that broke today, but we're not going to cover today because I want it to develop a little more before we do cover it. There was a shooter who attempted to open fire at Joel Osteen's church. There were two undercover or I should say off duty police officers there. They opened fire and they killed her before she could open fire and kill other people in the church. As far as I know so far, she's the only person who has died as a result of this incident. But the story is still developing and there are some kind of shaky details that have been reported. I want them to be confirmed before we cover it. So I just wanted to give you guys a warning. We know about the story, I'm waiting for it to develop. We are very likely gonna cover it tomorrow, okay? All right, let's move on to the rest of our Gaza coverage. Worth getting into what's happening with the humanitarian aid, whether it's actually getting to Palestinians that are suffering, dying of hunger and thirst on the ground in Gaza. So let's get to it. 
Only a trickle of humanitarian aid is getting into the Gaza Strip and there are multiple reasons why. Now chief among them is how Israeli protesters are now unfortunately blocking aid at the Karem Shalom crossing, which is the main crossing in which humanitarian aid gets through into Gaza. On average of an average of 95 aid trucks per day entered Gaza between October 10th and February 1st. And that's according to the Palestinian Red Crescent. And that's down from the 500 commercial and aid trucks a day before the war, when Palestinians weren't facing mass displacement and starvation. Some 2 million Gazans are dependent on UN aid now, which makes a lot of sense because nearly the entirety of their infrastructure has been destroyed by the Israeli Defense Forces aerial bombardment. Young Israelis have been blocking aid into Gaza as the IDF just stands around and allows them to do it. And that's according to a new report by the Washington Post. One of those protesters is a 17 year old Israeli who brags about blocking aid. The army is with us, the police is with us, says 17 year old Tahel Attar. They don't want us to be here, but they get it, they let us. We are talking with them, we are having fun with them. We are offering them everything they need. So again, this is one of the protesters blocking humanitarian aid from entering the Gaza Strip. The teens and a smattering of people in their 20s have come from all over Israel in order to do this. They say that humanitarian aid into Gaza is only gonna help Hamas and they'll block it even if it means that innocent people will starve to death. And the lack of concern for the well-being of these innocent people who will suffer as a result of their actions is pretty incredible. I'll give you one more example. Yosef de Besser, a 22 year old and his three companions are determined to keep any trucks from getting through. And they aren't bothered if innocents suffer. Quote, war is war, Debresser shrugs. The United States didn't care about civilians when it blew up Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Who gives his enemy aid? Well, obviously there is no interest in giving Hamas aid, but there are Palestinian civilians who are literally starving to death, who don't have access to clean water, who have now gone to measures as extreme as eating grass and drinking seawater in an attempt to survive. But you couldn't, you couldn't bother Bresser with those facts. I mean, who cares? I mean, are these really humans or are they just animals? Who gives a damn about them? Um, also, just one other thing I wanted to mention before going to you, Jank. Um, they were asked about the children as well. And the children? Nobody can say children are bad. Benyahu uh, Ben Shabbat says, but the children from the past were murdering and raping and kidnapping on October 7th. Meaning, you know, the Hamas terrorists at one point were children. So that should justify us starving literal children to death, right? I mean, like, Jake, the thing that amazes me is the sociopathic nature of these people. Yeah. Sociopathic. So, this is what sociopaths are like, literally. Also, what terrorists are like. And that's, I think they're, uh, can be defined as that too. Look, either way you define them, I, they're the worst people on earth. Uh, who blocks aid for starving people? And goes, well, even if they're babies, one day they'll grow up to be terrorists. You know, by the way, that's why they killed Israeli children. Same exact logic. Hamas says, well, one day they're gonna grow up to be Israeli soldiers. They have conscription in Israel. They're all gonna grow up to be Israeli soldiers. Let's kill them while we can. Congratulations, Israeli settler blocking aid. You agree exactly with Hamas. You have a terrorist mindset, and that's not at all surprising again to everyone else in the world. We say this 
like with some force here in America because we have to break through uh, this wall of propaganda that exists in America. If you're watching uh, in the rest of the world, you don't even know why we're animated about this. It's super obvious to you that those are the worst people on the planet, the ones that are blocking the aid. The starvation now is uh, significant in northern Gaza. All the ports of entry are in the south, there's only two left. These guys go and are now setting up tents and camping and blocking all the aid so that it's much harder to get through. And that has made the starvation much worse. And right now, I mean, animation, somehow this is heartbreaking and I even hate to say it, but some in Gaza have started to eat animal feed. And so, and meanwhile, these monsters, the settlers, most of all, I mean, look, the settlers are, these, the, these are, are the worst. They're criminals too, yeah, by the worst, way. Like, worst, have been arrested multiple times. Them. These are they are the worst. They are yeah, the worst. Yeah. And I what's mean, sick it, is like Tahel Attar is a 17-year-old and like has no problem. Like this is learned behavior. Exactly. Okay? His this parents is are evil, and his parents taught him to be evil. They're like, "This is our land. We go in there, we steal a Palestinian land because God told us. What else do? Who else should we murder God?" Says the Muslim fundamentalist and the Jewish fundamentalist and the Christian fundamentalist. All the fundamentalists always go, hey, invisible creature, who should I murder? That's Settler 101. So Tahel Attar has a problem with the type of humanitarian aid that's being sent to Gaza. We heard they're giving them stuff they don't really, really need, like strawberries. I don't think people there are crying for strawberries. God, I just. <sighs> So let's get back to the criminality of DeBresser, okay, a repeat criminal. And I mean that because it's true. DeBresser has lived in Yitzar, a settlement in the West Bank, notorious for its violence against neighboring Palestinians, and has been arrested a dozen times, including during demonstrations backing Israel's contentious judicial overhaul. Tattooed on his neck is a fist raised against a blue star of David. The emblem of the Jewish Defense League founded in New York by the extremist rabbi Mir Kahan or Kahane. Kahane. Kahane, and designated by the FBI as a terrorist organization. The group launched bombings against Palestinian and Arab targets in the 1970s and 80s, but is now largely inactive. I guess not inactive enough. Yeah. Not inactive enough. Um, so look, the protesters, mostly consisting of these settlers, uh, continues to be a problem in, in terms of blocking the humanitarian aid, the little humanitarian aid that's allowed into Gaza. But there are other issues as well. So um, there are explosions, uh, there are, the aerial bombardment has led to a situation in which aid workers don't feel safe delivering said aid to Palestinians. Every explosion in Gaza raises a cheer, dead, dead, dead Arabs. One camper, meaning one of the protesters, uh, shouts at a roaring volley of outgoing fire. Then she notes the presence of a reporter, uh, Hamas, she corrects herself. Yeah, that's a, another terrorist. A bunch of Israeli settler terrorists looking to see a rejoicing, literally reveling and partying and how many Arabs can we murder today? Israel was supposed to be a safe haven for Jews who were persecuted throughout history of time and the world. And look at what it's turned into. It's turned into a land of horror shows. Imprisoning Palestinians, 5 million Palestinians for 75 years, never letting them go, taking more and more of their land, 
killing them, humiliating them for 75 years. And now that we showed you a six-year-old being murdered by IDF terrorists earlier in the show, ambulance, everyone in the ambulance murdered as well. This, and now you got these settlers who are going in and blocking aid, going, yes, we're starving them to death. You see how evil they are? No, brother and sister, I see how evil you are. Everything that goes into Gaza has to be inspected by Israel. The long queues for inspection have led to bottlenecks at the Rafah crossing, the UN's World Food Program said last month, adding that among items deemed dual use, meaning they could be used by Hamas, so they should be banned from entering Gaza. By Israel are power generators, crutches, field hospital kits, Inflatable water tanks, wooden boxes of children's toys, and perhaps most depressingly, 600 oxygen tanks. Those are the kinds of things that get denied entry into the Gaza Strip, obviously life-saving materials. But maybe that's the point, maybe that's the reason why they're being denied entry. Also, UNRWA has warned that it may be forced to halt its operations by the end of the month due to a lack of funds. As we all know, Western countries pulled funding from UNRWA after Israel just said that UNRWA has ties to Hamas without proving any evidence or providing any evidence of that. The UNRWA Commissioner General Felipe Lazzarini said the agency has not been able to deliver food into Gaza since January 23rd, adding that since the beginning of the year, half of UN's aid mission requests to the north were denied. And then finally, I want to give you a sense of how Israel lies about allowing humanitarian aid into the Gaza Strip. You might have come across YouTube videos where they're claiming their ads in the beginning of videos where they claim like Israel does not deny the entry of humanitarian aid into Gaza. We don't do it. They do, we know they do, and then they lie on social media about what they do. So there's a fact checker for BBC, he does an excellent job. His name is Cheyenne, and here's what he recently posted on X, formerly known as Twitter. The official State of Israel account has posted this video saying it is facilitating aid into Gaza. Wow, that sounds great, doesn't it, Cenk? A short clip at the end of the video claiming to show tents and shelter equipment for Gazans was actually filmed in March of 2022, showing tents in Moldova for Ukrainian refugees. And then he provides the examples, and here they are. Let's look, take a look at the other graphic. So that is the official Israeli you know, X account. Uh, that's what they show you with the tents and everything. Again, that image that you're seeing is not from Gaza, it's from Ukraine. And then he provides uh, evidence of that uh, yeah. image. Oh, Look, the IDF is lying. That'll come as a huge shock to our politicians. The Israeli government's lying. Huh, Yeah. We couldn't have seen that coming. I think they should just trust everything they say. All right, last thing is, I had a debate slash discussion. It was a good discussion with on a show with where one of the hosts was a former settler, and he's now in America, and he was a reasonable guy, no problem. Okay, we had disagreements, but we hashed it out fine. And he thought, though, but he got most passionate and emotional when I attacked the settlers. Uh, because everybody knows what the settlers are doing. They're trying to prevent peace. They are religious zealots and, and they hate Palestinians. And, and They are running Palestinians out of their legal homes in the West Bank. 
they spit on Christians who visit the West Bank as part of their faith. Okay, yeah. that's who the sellers are. They're yeah. not good people, they're terrible people. They're evil people who believe that they should snatch homes and land that belongs to other people. And they should use violence in order to carry that out. They're good people, how are they good people? Explain to me how the settlers who rain terror on innocent Palestinians in the West Bank are good people. Yeah, he explained that his parents went because there was cheap land. I don't care. I, I was like, brother, that is not a good justification at all. Wow. Okay. Anyway, at the end, he said, yeah, when I was growing up, of course, I hated all Muslims. And because I was taught to hate them. In the settlement, of course you were. Because the settlements are full of religious zealots who are lunatics who teach their children to despise Palestinians. And if you get a chance to murder them or blockade, that would lead to their deaths and their children's deaths. Not only should you do it, you should throw a party around it. So there's plenty of monsters in there. And and all of this. You know, you say, well, why don't you yell at Hamas just as much? First of all, I do. That's why I mentioned Muslim fundamentalists earlier. Second of all, our government isn't helping Hamas. Our government is helping Israel and their settlers while they murder 25 times the number of civilians that Hamas did. It's our job as American citizens to say, for God's sake, stop sending them money to murder these people. All right, we have a lengthy NATO related story. Donald Trump has ruffled some feathers by demanding other NATO allies pay more into the whole alliance. We're gonna get to that when we come back for the second hour of the show, stick around.